God is not absent on my campus. This is how one Comenius Institute student sees our work at IUPUI. Hi, I'm Dr. Mark Eckel. Multiple studies show that 75% of Christian young people may leave the church altogether after attending public universities. One of the key ingredients to maintaining Christian faith commitment through college is personal, spiritual investment in students. We are committed to spending time with Christian young people. The Comenius Institute. And you are listening to Warping Christian Wolf Radio and Radio TV at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday morning from 10 until noon, and our focus every single week is to introduce you to folks who are Christians doing good around Indianapolis. Our show is based on Titus chapter 3, verses 1, 8, and 14. Our responsibility as Christians in the community is to do good, do good, do good. Now, at Cominius, our supporting uh, sponsor, Cominius Institute, uh, actually exists to cross three bridges. Our first bridge is a bridge to students at IUPUI. Our focus there is to uh, help Christian young people think Christianly about their courses and their academic programs, helping them come to an understanding of how they should think differently than everybody else does uh, from an assumption base that comes decidedly from a biblical point of view. So that's our first bridge into Christian students at IUPUI. And, uh, in fact, I'll tell you about a great program we just had this past week. The second bridge is uh, uh, this bridge into community. We've just mentioned that our focus is uh, focused on getting folks in here who are doing good around the community. And our special interest is acquainting black and white leaders with each other around the Indianapolis community. Our third bridge that we cross is Christianity into culture, and we do that in lots of different ways, not the least of which is through uh, writing and video teaching. You can find all of those things at warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. And then Cominius Institute, C-O-M-E-N-I-U-S, institute.org or .com. And you can find all kinds of essays, uh, podcasts, sermons, video teaching, all kinds of things there. I think we're probably up to about a thousand uh, individual uh, essays and video and uh, podcasts that are available on those two websites. So there's all kinds of things that are uh, freely accessed there for anybody in in the community and around the world. And then, of course, uh, we are also uh, wanted to give a shout out to all those who were invested with us this last week at the Habermas uh, event at IUPUI. It was a great time. Uh, we had some folks. Uh, from Crew, from IV, from Christian Impact, uh, from Radio Christi, all kinds of uh, different individuals there. And we were grateful to have had that particular event with a, a fine apologist theologian whose uh, background is specifically in the area of resurrection studies. For those of you who are interested in finding out more about Gary Habermas, H-A-B-E-R-M-A-S, uh, do check him out on Amazon. He's written over 40 books. Uh, he's got all kinds of great stuff that's out there. Uh, you can inbox me, message me, uh, tag me in a text or a post on Facebook, whatever, and we'll bring that up for you. Uh, this particular day, we're focused on privilege and underprivilege, and we are going to connect with uh, Shakita Shack. And specifically, we are interested in uh, finding out what Rebundle is and the opportunity that folks have to invest in the external to help their internal. We'll talk more about that. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at radionext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're going to take a one-music break and be right back.
And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You hear us every Wednesday morning from 10 until noon. And this particular week we have a great opportunity to discuss the concepts of privilege and underprivilege and serving underprivileged communities. Uh, Dr. Clyde Posley joins me as co-host today. Dr. Clyde, how are you doing today? I'm splendid, my friend. How are you feeling today? Oh, man, a little punky around the edges, but we're going to try and keep our act together here this morning. Right. Our... Uh, our interest today is in serving disadvantaged communities, and I wondered if we could talk a little bit about a biblical basis for uh, those who might be disadvantaged, maybe identify what Scripture uh, says about those who are in that category, and then a biblical basis for giving to those who have little. Mm-hmm. You, you know, as we know, um, the the Bible is a book designed to teach us the love of God toward man. And uh, he begins, obviously begins in the Old Testament, and uh, Christ says in the, th- the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew, around the 13th verse, he, I came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. In other words, I, I, it can be said that he came to finish God's expression of love that's which started through his creation and, 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 and giving of the law uh, so he could, we could see ourselves. The expression of that love... Um, it's certainly God sending his son to, uh, down the cross for our sins. God raised him from the dead. Uh, and then that, in John 3.16, that same passage says, God sent not his son to condemn the world. Well, then what did he send his son to do after our salvation? To teach us how to love. And one of the greatest expressions of loving God is how you treat the disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. The scripture says, the poor you have with you always. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, Jesus, we, you and I talked, I think, maybe last week about John chapter 3. You brought up John chapter 13 and verse 35, mm. how uh, Christ gives the world the opportunity to look at us yes. and make some decisions. That's right. He says, love ye one another, and by this mm. shall all men know that you are my disciples, shall love one for the other. So that love starts with loving people uh, of, of, of whether they're saved or not, but especially that love expresses itself in, uh, in uh, from us. And how we treat people uh, who, who who don't have, who who are indigent, who are d- 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 just without, uh, without judging them, mm-hmm. without scolding them, without requiring an, an answer as to how they got into that condition. Yes, their condition is our responsibility. Their condition is our responsibility. Boy, yeah. there's a tagline to save all taglines today, mm-hmm. man. That's a great mm-hmm. line. I wanted to uh, bring us back to, since you mentioned the Old Testament, this is a, a very interesting statement here uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 10, uh, speaking mm-hmm. about those who have privilege, and this is, of course, speaking to Israel. Uh, Deuteronomy ten seventeen says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. Boy, we could preach on that one. Mm-hmm. Verse 18, He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him, hold fast to him. By his name you shall swear. It's very interesting to me that this word love, uh, specifically, uh, God says, love the sojourner because I have loved the sojourner. And those two words in Hebrew are exactly the same words. Really interesting that that's the case. Mm -hmm. That the same covenantal love that God says, I am going to do this for you no matter what. Is the same covenantal love, he says, to those who are disadvantaged. Look, I'm going to take care of you mm-hmm. as well. Uh, this goes back to all kinds of uh, connections uh, throughout Scripture 
but I thought that would be a really nice uh, starting point for us mm -hmm. when we st start to talk about uh, loving those who are disconnected in some way uh, from perhaps the privileges that the rest of us have. Absolutely. And, and, and it's a precursor. It's an indication to us about the mind of God toward all of humanity. Mm. That verse, yeah, yeah. God says, well, I, I, am, I am in covenant with you. I am your Yahweh. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm also seeking a covenant with people who are strangers. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Because, we, you know, many people believe the Old Testament to be simply a book, uh, particularly the first five books, uh, to the, the Hebrew nation. It's not. Don't get me started now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. You know, uh, and God throughout Scripture uh, uh, manifested what he started there, even, even in sending Jonah mm. to Nineveh, mm. you know. And so, and so, and if you, if, even if you, and this, this came to my mind, even if you, if you skip, go to the book of Revelation and look at the seven churches, mm. and you go on back and then come back toward Paul's missionary journeys. And then you look at how Christ uh, taught his disciples, ultimately sending them out and, and what they were sent to do going into uh, uh, all nations. God, tells us in Christ that his every intention has always been to be community, to be family, to, uh, uh, to the, that the beloved community that Dr. Martin Luther King talked about is throughout scripture. It's a community. Yes. Dr. King said something, uh, uh, a, a, a familiar phrase to some. He said technology in his last sermon, March 31st, uh, 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 1968, <coughs> Uh, at, in Washington, D.C., before uh, the Sunday before he was assassinated, he said, technology and weaponry has made the world a community. Mm. But unfortunately, we have never, we, we have not yet made this community a brotherhood. So we've got it. We should have a neighborhood. But we, we should have, have no a neighborhood, but we have no neighborhood. No brotherhood, man. I just love you know, that. You know, we, 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 and that's, and that's because we're not reaching across the lines that's right. to care about people. Yes. Too many things are still involved with our Christianity. Right. Yeah. And this is, once again, I, I sure hope that by simply looking at pictures on, on social media pages that people get the impression that we actually are interested in drawing black and white leaders together right. just by seeing us together. Yeah, I was about to say, if they, if they look, they'd see we're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I hope that Absolutely. people see that without us having to say that because it right. really kind of is striking, I think. That's a major statement. It that's, is. That's a major statement. We still watch what we're doing. Both of us have earned PhDs. Both of us are leaders in our communities in right. one way or another. Both, right. of us, both of us teach at right. university levels. Right. So there, in that sense of things, there's a tremendous amount of parity. And, right. of course, as you and I have talked about this in the past, uh, there's this, uh, there was this symbiotic relationship right. that took place just almost immediately, right. which was wonderful and good. So in that sense of things, you know, the neighborhood is uh, being shown through the brotherhood of you and I. And then, right. And what we're talking about here. I, I wanted to draw us back to Genesis 16 for just a moment and just um, highlight this. When we were talking about sojourners and you were talking about brotherhood, I kept, I kept thinking about Hagar. And uh, here's poor Hagar, you know, who's been used and abused and misused by Abram and, mm -hmm. and uh, Sarah. And in Genesis chapter 16, uh, she actually gives birth uh, to Ishmael, who, of course, Isaac and Ishmael, that they've had this tremendous, awful... Uh, Con, con, mm -hmm. conflict throughout all of human history uh, but God takes care of her and says that I'm going to multiply your offspring 
uh, and that I'm going to care for you. And this, this was a God of seeing, she says in verse 13. She called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. She said, truly here I have seen him looks, who looks after me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have any better example of God taking care of and covenantally covering the sojourner than mm-hmm. the issue of Hagar. You know, you told me to be careful a second ago. You, you, you should be careful because you, you're getting into something that, that, that many, people, many people don't want to hear. And that is the uh, uh, Judaism. Muslim mm-hmm. faith mm-hmm. came out of the same seed, mm-hmm. and people don't want to. People, many people don't want to. Mm-hmm. That, that messes with people's theology. Oh yeah. oh yeah. But but Abraham was the father of Ishmael, mm-hmm. and who later, you know, I don't want to go too far away. Right. But many people, many people don't want to hear that. We serve a God, even in in that statement, uh, uh, Doctor Eccles, that that intention because everything he does is intentional. Mm-hmm. Who intentionally permitted, mm. permitted. These seeds, these nations, to come out of one man. That's right. Everything, that's, all of this stuff comes out of one source, one word. That's right. That's and right. Once He's we, perfect. Once we begin to understand that, mm-hmm. if, we, if we would understand that, then we would begin to think about the wholeness of God's creation mm-hmm. and begin to connect ourselves back to the restoration of mm-hmm. what that creation ought to look right. like. And, of course, that's what we're after uh, in this particular uh, process. Now, right. of course, one of the things that, we focus on in scripture is that there isn't uh, a focus on the internal we're desperately interested in people changing from the inside out not the outside in mm-hmm. however scripture does emphasize the importance of an external appearance and we need to talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. i mean it's not like you know both of us are wearing ratty jeans and holy t-shirts here mm-hmm. today you know we we got our suits on, we got mm-hmm. our jackets on, all that kind of stuff. Right. I think we need to talk a little bit about that because when we talk about the connection of privilege and underprivilege mm-hmm. and when we talk about external and internal, we have to uh, make this intersect now with how people view us. Mm-hmm. And we, we can't help but dealing with that mm-hmm. on an external level every right. single day. The- Dr. Echoes, when, when, when we we're on the air, sometime I feel like I'm at a scholar's end. Uh, I feel like I'm at a scholar's end. There, there's a there's a scholar's end there in Bloomington, and guys uh, get together, philosophers, and just shoot ideas around there in scholars in in Bloomington. But but um, you know uh, what we how we appear. You know, people will say in a heartbeat. I don't care what people think of me. You better. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna claim Christianity, mm. you need to care about how how uh, people view you and how you present yourself. Mm. Now we don't have to have on. You know, people can do what they want with their money. We don't have to have a Bugatti. We don't have to have you know expen- the finest of everything. But at the same time, we we need to have evidence that the process of the Bible and relationship with God works. Mm. When we are talking to people who are who are uh, uh, poor or uh, disenfranchised, you know, when we give them the gospel message, I think, in my personal opinion, it is it is um, it's wrong for us to to tell them, "Oh, God's not concerned about money, and God's not concerned about how you." you no, know, he he is concerned. He wants you to have a, a house, and all the house that your faith can stand and still be a good witness. He wants you to have a car. He wants you to have things. The scripture says that, uh, and I think, uh, uh, first Timothy chapter six, God giveth us all things richly mm-hmm. to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with, uh, I think extravagance 
uh, considered a bad message as well. Sure. But at the same time, if, if uh, let's say I were a, a person who was homeless or a person who just uh, could not make it and uh, could not, uh, um, you know, function in life and a Christian walked up to me who was in the same shape I was in and tells me they've been in that shape financially, economically, spiritually for 10 years, why would I listen to them? Mm. Let's let me, let's just be logical. Let's, let's, let's be, why, why, I mean, cause I'd be like, well, let me move over. Mm-hmm. You need to be, you know, where I am. Mm. No, Christianity, what you laughing at, HB? That's just the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, can I say something, Mark? And I don't want to take up, you know, but I, I want to say this. I was listening to, um, something on, um, one of the uh, social media sites last night. And there was a, a gentleman who talked about, he worked for, used to work for a mega ministry. And the caption over his uh, little video was, going to church is a waste of time. He went, and then he went on to explain how that he had worked for this mega ministry and that uh, 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 it didn't work for him he, he's, because he ended up divorced and because he saw people who, who, who gave money to the church and didn't function. And so he it didn't make any difference. You know, there's when when you see cases like that, it makes people think that this thing does not work. Mm. There are the, the vast majority of people that I know who have sat down to understand the Bible, to look at the history, to apply the principles of giving and sowing, uh, sowing and reaping, like Second Corinthians uh, chapter nine, God that He giveth seed to the sower, mm-hmm. and that He loves a cheerful giver. I don't know a lot of examples of people whose lives, but I have I have hundreds, and some in my congregation, of people who came to Christ, met someone who and heard the gospel and had nothing, mm-hmm. didn't understand God, didn't understand Christ, didn't know how this church thing went, thought uh, preachers were just taking money, but they instead they began to learn the Bible mm-hmm. and turn their life God turned their life around. Mm-hmm. So it's more than just. Uh, a show it's it's a life plan to become the person god has designed you to be Mm -hmm. to be reconciled to christ because he made you to be the head and not the tail Mm -hmm. he did not in my personal he didn't bring any people any culture to be here on earth just to be poor Mm -hmm. that's not god's purpose Mm -hmm. This is a fascinating discussion, and I'm, I would be glad to go to the scholars in with you any day. I just wanted you to know that. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We are going to take a one-song break and be right back and discuss this more, the, the connection between the external and the internal and the importance of that for the Christian. And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. And we are really pleased today to uh, introduce to you in our second hour Shakita Shack, and she you in our second hour Shakita Shack, and she you in our second hour Shakita Shack, and she you in our second hour Shakita Shack, and she you in our second hour Shakita Shack, and she you in our second hour Shakita Shack, and she you in our second hour Shakita Shack is here to talk about her great ministry rebundle and her connection to people who are disenfranchised and give hope to them through simply uh, helping them with their external appearance and specifically about uh, hair care. And uh, Clyde, before, well, it wasn't before, it was actually during our break as Mm -hmm. we were discussing these things, all of us here in the studio, uh, we were uh, talking about uh, what it means to be a Christian and then how people look at us. Why don't you pick up on some of those ideas that you were bringing forward there? 
Yeah. Um, so I was headed to the, the idea that how we live, uh, you know, our, our walk, how we pre- present ourselves is paramount to, to a witness that shows people uh, who are struggling financially, struggling um, in, in any form of poverty, whether it be financial, uh, spiritual, emotional poverty. But, we, you know, I think we're talking more on actual financial property. Uh, you know, it, it, people need to see Christians work what they say is God's plan. Mm. If we if if the Bible says to bring tithes, give offering, uh, if the Bible says to uh, give and it shall be given unto you, Luke six, press down, shake together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. We need to be seen doing that. Mm-hmm. And the Scripture says uh, in the Beatitudes and uh, Mark, uh, uh, rather uh, Matthew chapter five, that we should let our light so shine among men, these men see mm-hmm. our good works, mm-hmm. and then glorify our Father which is in heaven. And so the notion. That uh, that that our how we look doing Christianity the performance of Christianity is not a big deal. It's not a true notion. Mm-hmm. It, it God people need to see God. In fact, the only way the world knows that the Bible is true is not from reading it. Mm-hmm. Let me take this uh, at a forty-five degree angle and come at it a different way and yeah. say to people: one of the important ideas that's really powerful in Scripture is the concept of respect. And how we treat each other. Mm-hmm. So when you read First Peter chapter two, thirteen to seventeen, for instance, uh, you're supposed to honor the emperor, love mm. all men, uh, all of these kinds of great commands that are coming out of that. But just imagine if you go to a business meeting, let's say for instance, and you're in attendance at a business meeting where you know that everybody dresses up in a suit, mm-hmm. and everybody's going to come in a certain kind of dress code. You are disrespecting that group if you come in anything other than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you cannot uh, acquire those kinds of things, then that ought to be something that you go after. But it's an issue of respect. Mm-hmm. So when you uh, are involved in any kind of group, whatever the group might be, that you acclimate yourself to that particular uh, identity, with even the things that people are wearing at that particular uh, place. If you go to a, a black tie event, Mm-hmm. You go in a black tie, right. and you get a tuxedo, and right. that's the end of that discussion because right. it's an issue of respect. Mm-hmm. So I think if we come at this from a vantage point where we say, you know what, our demonstration of love to other people sometimes is simply by respecting mm-hmm. the kinds of places that they're in and the work that they do. Right. That, 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 is, that is true. We have, we have a guest that's going to talk a little bit further about that today. But uh, respect is a, is, is a powerful word. You know, true ministry and true service expresses itself beginning with respecting the humanity of another person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you you were speaking of a, of a different in a different light, but you know it, it just brought my mind back to you know how many times in Scripture did um, the disciples walk up on someone, and quite frankly, sometimes they disrespected the person. And Christ had to bring them back around to focus on the humanity of the person. Sunday morning, uh, just this past Sunday morning, I was I, I preached as, at a, as a guest at a church, and my subject was uh, sight for sore eyes, mm. sight for sore eyes from John chapter nine. And when uh, uh, the reason I brought that up is when when the disciples walked up on that man, as you know, they just just instantly disrespected him. Mm. You know, they they instantly went to recognizing he was blind. Whose fault is this? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he has a condition, for, but the condition is, is, is just not the point right now. Mm-hmm. We want to know how this happened. And Christ brought them back around, basically said, I did it. I had plans for his life. And you're not following me around in so many words. I'm paraphrasing. And you're not following me around to try to figure out what's wrong. Everybody has sinned. So let me explain that. But his, but his sin is not that problem. Sometimes people are, we, we miss opportunities to serve the poor, serve the needy, because we can't get by the intrigue of the, of the origin of their problems. But, but, but can I tell you, um, we, 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 we leave people in dark spots when we only see their sin and not their situation. Christ, God sent his son to deal with their situation. And more often than not, and this is arguable, people can argue this against this if they like, but more often than not, prolonged cases of, of, of economic, emotional, and spiritual depravity in a person can be traced back to a lack of relationship and adherence to the word of God, to Christ and the relationship. And there's some people, Dr. Eccles, who have money, who are emotionally and spiritually depraved. There, there, there are people who, who, who have big homes, as you know, fine cars, but they don't realize that, that there's a bigger, they're spiritually bankrupt. Mm. And so uh, we, we have to see, treat people, treat the millionaire, uh, if he doesn't know Christ, the same way we treat the person on the street. Mm. First so, thing is their spiritual need. So we see people in the image of God and, of course, uh, want to see them made, remade in the image of Christ mm-hmm. uh, ultimately changed people uh, in all of these ways I, I'm mindful of uh, your good thoughts here as I think as I'm thinking about them I'm thinking about places like Leviticus 27 and 28 mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 28 and 29 that talk about what happens when the sins of the father are visited upon mm-hmm. the children and the impact that that has and how uh, sometimes these things are generational we talk about mm-hmm. generational sure. sin, generational sure. poverty we talk about systemic uh, problems of right. injustice, things right. like this. We see these kinds of things uh, resonant within Scripture. Our responsibility, of course, is to invade, literally, with the light into darkness, mm-hmm. to invade the darkness with our uh, opportunities, that, with the privileges that we bring. And by the way, our first and most primary privilege is the privilege of being covenantal sons and daughters That's with right. the God of, of uh, Yahweh. So this is an important idea for us to recognize uh, as we in involve ourselves in people's lives. And yet, as we think back about some of what we're going to be talking about here in the second hour, we have to, uh, again, answer this particular question. How do we keep our focus uh, on external concerns while acknowledging how we come across to others? So Mm -hmm. our interest, obviously, is a changed life. Somebody has changed from the inside out. But how is it that we are going to uh, connect people to the needs that they have externally to help them see themselves in a different light, not just in terms of how much money they have, where they live, and those kinds of things, but how then they present themselves to the rest of the world changed because of Christ. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the most, I think one of the most valuable, um, one of the most valuable additions to a life that meets Christ is esteem, self-esteem. Uh, how you view yourself. Uh, s- some of what um, is lacking in, 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 some, in, in some of us and, and some of what keeps people in, in, in difficult spots, um, and arguably there's another side to that, 
is 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 self worth. They something has occurred, some trauma often has occurred, and causes people to devalue themselves. Um, that's what love is designed to to minister to, because you know beyond what what goods we can give people, we we have to let people know they matter. Uh, Merlin Gonzalez, uh, one of our guests of late, um, of recently, he uh, mentioned that that before you can serve food, before you can have a soup kitchen, the people serving the the the, the soup have to care about the people who are hungry. Not just their bellies, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, you know a lot of people. Um, it, it's it's delicate to serve people and help them understand the need for it, uh, connectivity to, to to this world's goods, but it, we do them a disservice if we don't let them know their worth and how much God loves them uh, before we start giving them things. Because we can, you know, we we can just dump truckloads of things on people. And if they, if, if they don't understand that they're being loved and right. why they're being loved, that right. because they're valuable to God, we do them a disservice. We have to teach more than just today's meal. Yeah, this is the issue that we confront all the time. That And, and here's the, the difficulty I think that we face sometimes. We desperately see needs that, that people are desperate to have met. We help. We try to help those needs, but if we do not see the people as people needing Jesus, mm-hmm. if we do not see the people as needing uh, an eternal salvation mm-hmm. that's changing them from the inside out, then you're right. It won't matter if you don't right. drink loads of stuff. Right. Yeah, we fed them today. You know, we we clothed them today. You know, uh, what 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 God sent Christ to do was to reconcile people to Him, cause them to walk in a sonship, daughtership. And Christian or kingdom citizenship that causes them to live prosperously. Mm-hmm. John, John, and uh, uh, Third John, he says uh, uh, that I love, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. But then he throws in these few words: as your soul prospers. Mm-hmm. I want so I want I want your soul, the condition of your soul, uh, to to be the catalyst mm. to the external. Manifest they, because those the, the goods are here, mm-hmm. the goods are here, mm-hmm. but 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 we what we don't want to do is is the Bible says it like this: What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? That's it. I would hate to have have, have fed someone mm-hmm. who who didn't hear me try to explain Christ to them. Yeah, in prison ministry or or a homeless ministry, and and every and everyone and everyone that needs this ministry, Mark, mm-hmm. is not necessarily what we can what what the world might consider poor there are people the west virginia teachers one of the west virginia teachers striking me just yesterday i heard him say that he qualifies for food stamps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's got he has a college degree yep so sometimes poor we have to define what is poor what is you know we it's a lot to it's a lot to un- unpack yeah this is uh boy that takes me back the first six <laughs> i'm sorry no that's okay man just, uh, this memory is uh, vivid in my mind the first six years of my teaching i was on welfare and my my children wow yeah uh so you know we were in the wick program and cheese and milk and all the rest of that stuff and uh we were very poor very poor and we were in a, a school situation where uh sometimes we weren't paid for months on end 
Uh, in fact, it's kind of funny because uh, we were actually we actually ate better during those times because people would bring us food in boxes, <laughs> and they always had better food than we did. I mean, that's, that's a powerful testimony. <laughs> oh man, and I can't you. help but to believe that part of why you have the heart that you do about people, mm. just people, mm. is the. I, those kind of experiences. God takes us, permits us to go through some things. I don't believe he directs it, yeah. but I believe he, he permits it. Yeah. He takes us through things yeah. and to develop us into a, a heart that he can use. Sure. That's a well, powerful you, testimony. Man. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have uh, to have suffered in those ways. There, mm-hmm. There's so much more to unpack about all of that. Mm-hmm. I, but I do want to say to everybody listening that our, our primary responsibility is to uh, seek ways uh, to help others. And uh, I'm reading now from 1 Timothy chapter 6, a passage you referenced mm-hmm. earlier. But I wanted to uh, take off in a different direction here in these verses because I think we're all rich in one way or another. We have lots of, oh, yeah. we have probably more than we ever need in, in whatever circumstances we're in. Mm-hmm. And I, I want us to think about the kinds of riches that we have that maybe are above and beyond that which we need to live. And consider this then. 1 Timothy six seventeen. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who has richly provided us with all things to enjoy, Mm -hmm. your point earlier. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Mm -hmm. Here we have these tremendous commands uh, to all of us. In one way or another, we are rich in whatever uh, situation we might find ourselves in and we're grateful to be able to give to those Mm -hmm. but again this idea of coming back to uh, showing people that that there is a life but there is a life that is truly life Mm -hmm. that this isn't isn't just an external life of benefit and uh, uh, external ease and riches and so on Mm -hmm. but we are talking about changing from the inside out first Mm -hmm. and foremost right that passage of scripture uh, as you expounded upon it the Holy Spirit just began to to uh, speak to me and, and say that riches also carry with it responsibility. Oh boy, here we go! Yes. And totally ties us into the rewards. That we're, part of the rewards we're going to have in heaven. There we go. That'll preach, brother. That, that we preach. are absolutely <laughs> tied into this. I mean, that God literally what that means is God gives us mm-hmm. things, expecting or directing us to share it. And that how well we share it mm-hmm. is going to impact what we receive in heaven. Not just place, mm-hmm. but it's going to impact it, that we, that we store up riches in heaven. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a powerful idea. You go back to Luke chapter 16 and you think about uh, the person who there is uh, commended as the, the shrewd steward, the story mm-hmm. of the shrewd steward. Here's a guy who's about to get his pink slip. Mm-hmm. And he goes to all of the creditors that his boss has, and he says to them, "Look, why don't you why don't you go into this thing, and I'll cut your cut your uh, cost mm-hmm. in half, cut it in a third, or whatever it might be." And of course, Jesus commends him as a shrewd steward, somebody who's thinking about the future. Mm-hmm. And then he says this: this line just slays me every time I think of it. He says, "The people of darkness are more shrewd than the people of the light." Mm-hmm. And how we need to learn from. Uh, situations and circumstances <laughs> and people that maybe, you know what, we see what they've done, we know how they've gotten there and why they're doing what they're doing, but can we not 
exam exemplifies shrewdness mm -hmm. in a way that promotes the kingdom. That's right. That's right. Pr principles don't belong to anyone but God. Truths don't belong to anyone but God. Absolutely. And and we can learn a lot. There, there, there's, a, there's a way I could go with that, but that is absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I was thinking, you, you went there, you know, there, there was a, also a passage of scripture, um, I believe it's in the book of Luke, about the man, that, uh, Matthew, that built the, the barns, mm -hmm. and he was wealthy. And, and what he chose to do with his barns, was to be, with his money, was to build bigger barns. And, and I want our listening audience, I want our listening audience to consider this, this, this power, what I believe is a powerful truth along what you just said about the man with the barns. It's the only time in scripture that we, that, that Christ referenced calling someone a fool. Mm. And now who's, why is he calling this man a fool? Because the man was blessed with wealth and thought of no one but himself. That's what caused the fellow in Luke chapter 16 to end up in hell. That he kept stepping over every day a beggar that God put at his doorstep. And so as a result of how he treated this man without anything, while he dressed, and the Bible says, fared sumptuously every day like H.B., that he that he fared, that he, fared, that he fared sumptuously every day, he he ends up in hell, uh, Doctor Eccles, mm -hmm. directly connected to stepping over a need. Watch this that God had placed mm -hmm. at His door. See now, when you're talking about, I just love the fact that you just said, you know, principles are for all people. It doesn't yeah. matter whether you're believers or not. Exactly. This line, this makes me immediately think of Scrooge. Yeah, yeah. Charles Dickens. I mean, yeah, he sure. had it right. The principle of, look, you're only thinking about yourself, and if you would give to other people, think about how much more full your life would be. Sure. And you remember that, the very first ghost that comes to, to uh, Scrooge, and he displays all of the people that would love to give their riches now but can't because they're in eternity, and mm -hmm. they can no longer serve people that they should have been serving while they were there. That's wow, right. Powerful statement. That is. It, it is. It is powerful. You know. And and, and 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 speaking of expanding our lives, if you really think about expanding our lives and what makes our lives uh, great, you know, and giving how Dickens—that's the principle of the story. How much more fulfilled your life will be. What's one of the things of all the magnificent things about God? In my opinion, what's most extraordinary about God is His capacity to give. And express his love. Mm -hmm. God so loved the world mm -hmm. that he gave his only begotten son. Mm -hmm. God is God without all the giving that he has done. He's God without revealing to us creation and all the dispensations that go with it. Mm -hmm. he, he, he is, he is, but, 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 but he is extraordinary because of his capacity to give to people who don't necessarily deserve it. Mm -hmm. You know, Romans 5 and 8 says, why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. One of the great uh, teachings, one of the great doctrinal teachings of uh, who God is, is his beneficence. Mm -hmm. And, of course, what comes Absolutely. out of his beneficence is our benefiting other people. Right. So if we're to reflect the light that's been given to us, capital L light mm -hmm. in John chapter 1, our responsibility then is to mirror and reflect that to all the other people. And this, this light then invades the darkness mm -hmm. of the, the needy world that we live in. And the importance of this uh, kind of concept is constantly before us. Right. Which, which, which all points to what God is, is ultimately trying to bring the church to walk in consistently, which is the doctrine of grace. 
grace is is more than unmerited favor. It is love that meets need, whether it deserves it or not. The apostle to the Gentiles, the apostle Paul, there's a reason that God did not specifically go into instruction about grace to the other apostles that as or whether or not that's not recorded in scripture, like he did with the apostle Paul, because the apostle Paul was assigned to the Gentiles, to the people who had not known they were not the commonwealth of Israel. They were an outsider. And so Paul had a ministry specifically designed to speak to the outsider, the, those who had historically, the Samaritan, the Gentile, those who had his, historically come to accept the idea, we're just not, the Jews are different than us. We we have a complex about it. They don't like us. We don't like them. But then God raises up a, raises up a Hebrew and assigns him to Gentiles, <laughs> you know, assigns him to Gentiles. And so that, 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 that type of love, the church is at its best, Dr. Eccles. When we are reaching for people's needs Mm -hmm. to the best of us, we can't fix everything. We're not going to fix everything. But, boy, we sure ought to to bear our knuckles trying. We should uh, set the example, absolutely. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at Radio Next TV at the Cool Groove site, and uh, you have been listening to a couple preacher teachers here that uh, (laughs) could wax eloquent for the next hour. But we have a special guest in studio today. Shakita Shack is with us, and we are really grateful for her presence. She's going to be talking with us about this connection between the internal and the external, her specific ministry, Rebundle and Hair Care. We'll be asking her some questions and talking with her about her great uh, work in the community. Uh, we are going to take two song break, and we will be back after that. And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You hear us every Wednesday from 10 until noon. And we bring you uh, folks from around Indianapolis, Christian folks who are doing good in the community based on Titus chapter 3. And today we have a great uh, guest here in the studio. Shakia Shack is here with us to talk about her good work in Rebundle uh, Ministries here in Indianapolis. And Shakita, we're really glad that you're here with us today. Thank Welcome. you for spending some time. Thank you, guys. Thank uh, you for having me. Uh, we're really glad that you're here. We just to kind of introduce yourself, uh, your family, your church, your life in Indianapolis. Kind of give us a broad stroke of of your life here. Okay, well, um, my name is Shakita Taylor. Uh, I go by Shaq or Shakita, so that's where the Shakita Shaq comes from. Um, About me, that's always a fun question. Um, I was born in Germany, grew up in America, so raised in America, born in Germany. I come from a military family, um, so lots of travel stories back and forth. But I, I landed in Indiana. I came back here in 2015. Um, I was working out in Ohio in a relationship, and I decided to leave that relationship and find myself again. So that's how I came back here. I was actually headed to Florida in my mind. I was like, I don't want to go to the cold. I'm starting all the way over. I could do whatever I want to do. Going to Florida. But God had a different plan, and I ended up back in Indiana. So um, I came here with my car in my bag, and I really just started the process of finding who I was. Um... I have two beautiful children. They're my besties, my everything, um, that I knew I needed to do that for. So my daughter, Deanna, is eight. She is my mini-me. She is my motivation. She's my partner in crime. You know, uh, she's a big part of this, uh, a big part of my confidence. And my son, uh, Darren, is six. Um, 
he's a guy. He's just, <laughs> that's the only way I can explain him. He's just such an old soul and um, just a joy to be around. You know, he, he's, he's just a gentleman it's at six. So I just wow. thank God for that. And, you know, he loves on uh, women. He loves on his sister. And he just edifies and uplifts. Of course, they have their sibling rivals. But they just really, really uplift one another. Well, you know, we should always say about stuff like that that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. And we're sure that that has an awful lot to do with the way you bring them up. That's, yeah. And I have met your little girl, and she is the <laughs> sweetest, sweetest little girl. Oh, my word. She sat next to me Thank coloring you. that day. I remember that. That was really great. Yeah. Well, we're really happy that you're here uh, to talk about what you do at Rebundle. So why don't you give us just a general overview of what that is, what your uh, work there is at Rebundle. Absolutely. Um, so... The mission of Rebundle is to provide um, minority, underprivileged, and disadvantaged women and girls uh, with the tools and resources to build their self-image and to help them to believe in themselves and achieve their goals and dreams, whatever that may be. Um, through my own life, a lot of, I'll go back to references, it's just the best way that I can explain it, through my own experiences. I try to give what I thought I would have needed. What would have helped me back in that time when um, I felt like I was without? So I always uh, come from that type of perspective um, to give these women what they need to take that next step forward. Because life happens to us all, um, but we have a process that is unique for us to become who we are meant to be. And being able to unite and to have a shoulder to lean on, to have a hand to help you find that little piece or get, you know, know the next direction, it, it, takes a, it takes you a long way. It does a lot for people, and I don't think that many of us understand just by giving someone something so small, it can be so big mm -hmm. and life-changing and so powerful for them. So that's the mission with Rebundle is to really give them whatever it is that you may need so that you can be who it is that you want to be, not who I think you should be. Because who we think others should be is not always who they should be. You know, uh, who my mom and my dad and my friends and family think that I should be or what they think I should do is not necessarily my truth. So this is me showing how to live in my own truth but also work together. We all have our own way but we're all still connected at the same time. Mm -hmm. And this brings that hand in hand. It bridges that gap. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be just like you in order to help you to walk into your light. Right. You were talking about some things uh, the, uh, just during our break about um, how women look at each other and how they treat each other. And, uh, boy, if you could replace some of that again. I mean, seriously, <laughs> what you were saying there was really profound. And... Being a couple of guys, obviously, we have no right. clue about yes. such things. Right, so we, we, we're just sitting there just staring like, really? Yeah. Really? really? <laughs> well, you know, it's just we, have, we live in this technology age where, you know, it's a lot of image and visuals, and, of course, you see it on the TV and you hear it, and uh, we all see just a lot of the negative relationships that women have. I'm a very big believer that, you know, women, as women, we are the mother and we set the tone. We set the standard by our actions with one another. We, if, if I'm okay with disrespecting my sister, you know, then 
and a man sees that, like, well, they talk to each other like that. Maybe that's how they like to be treated. We're setting an example. But if I'm speaking to my sister with respect and I'm edifying her and I'm showing her I'm here for you, what can, let's, how can we work together? With no expectation, with no malice, there's nothing underlying. I'm just, we, this is what we're supposed to do. If I show that to other people, then they're going to mimic that. Right. I'm being that example. So with Rebundle, what I love as God put this vision through me and, and continues to grow it in me is I saw the opportunity to break that stigma that women don't like to work together because there are a lot of women that do like to work together. Of course, you're going to run into the resistance, the others who don't want to, but that's only because that's the focus. That's not my focus. I choose to focus on finding people with a heart like my heart, with a mind like my mind, who wants to do the same things that I want to do, and God just connects me to them. And so through Rebundle, we could build this community that allows women with like minds and hearts to connect mm -hmm. and to give back, to serve in this same purpose in the different ways that we're able to, ways that maybe we didn't think that we could through our gifts that we have unique to us. And also by helping our younger, our youth, helping mm -hmm. the next generation come up, we're setting that example for them to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So it continues because life is all a cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, the brokenness and the insecurities come from the ones that were before you, which was their brokenness and their insecurities that came from the one before them through their broke. It's the same thing until someone decides to say, I can't do it on my own until I decided to say that and say, okay, God, I'm not Mrs. Fix-It. I can't do this all by myself. Why am I here? Who am I? Who is it that you want me to be? Why am I going through these things that I'm going through? What is it that I can learn and how can I be better to change it? Until we stop that, it continues. Shakita, can you talk a little bit about... Uh why, this is a two-part question, why uh, hair and appearance in, in some cultures plays such a uh, significant role in uh, esteem and how women view themselves? That's one part. And then the next part, um, what, what, what are you doing to, to, to deal with some of the symptoms you're going you're to talk about? Some of the, yeah. um, how, does it, how does it play into... Uh, cultural opinion in, in some culture. I, I think that when we, when I look around and uh, it's the way that we are express ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, the first impressions are lasting impressions. How we wear our hair. Yeah. So, yeah. How you wear your hair, how mm -hmm. you present yourself in different uh, situations. It says a lot because mm -hmm. before I speak to you, I see you. Mm -hmm. And that can be either good or bad, exactly. quite frankly. Exactly. Uh, uh, what's, her, what's her name? I can't think of her name, but there was a, a song in the late 90s, I Am Not My Hair, India uh, uh, Ari. Yes. India yes. Ari. So it can, it can, some, some people are crying out mm -hmm. with how they wear their hair. And exactly. Then, and some are trying to reach be out of something. Right. Yeah. And so for both ends, it is, I love that she says that I am not my hair because I'm not my hair. Mm -hmm. I'm not... De, I'm not defined by my hair or the lack of my hair. Mm -hmm. 
because right. we like that's, that's you know that's an insecurity for a lot of girls especially that was one of my things I wasn't the one who had the long luscious flowing hair and that wasn't me growing up I was you know short hair got to make it work figure it out and let's let's keep it moving I had the Jerry curl you know I went to school elementary with that so mm. I grew up with the different mm. ways just trying to figure and it, it leads out leads to bullying sometimes exactly, you know, people, because that's not what's yeah. acceptable often, by right. the majority by that group that's not what the world is showing you're supposed to have this certain look this certain way so i love when she says i am not my hair but you are who you appear to be because what you reflect on the outside is just or what you look like on the outside is a reflection of how you feel on the inside it's a big reflection of that so and when you're when you become confident in who you are it's not about I need this to look that way. It's an enhancement. Mm-hmm. That's all that it is. It's an enhancement. It helps you to okay. Yes, I have my. I'm gonna do my hair because when I go there, I want to. I'm an example for God. Mm-hmm. When I walk in this room, I want people to know that I got it together. Right. I want to look how I feel. You right. know. But the nice thing about it, because nothing is just black and white. Mm-hmm is that I don't need any of this to still feel the same way that I feel. Mm, Even true. with the hat and my hair unkept and some jogging pants and sweats on, I still feel like a 100 bucks. But that's when true. I'm in certain rooms and I'm moving and making certain connections and when I'm trying to go into certain places in my life, you have to look that part. It matters. Mm-hmm. I think Mark alluded to that a little, a little earlier. Yeah. No, that's you know, this is uh, it fascinates me to hear you talk about these things. I have no clue about that song, by the way. Never heard that song before in my life, so I'm, I'm going to pass HB, song. Help you, help your man out here. You got to find that song from Mr. Martin. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, great, great therapist in the city, um, uh, Kamish Nunley would say that that it's okay to to wear your hair how you want to wear it but don't wear it in any particular way, afraid of who won't accept you mm-hmm. or afraid of who won't, uh, who, uh, what you won't fit into. Right. Uh, she, she, she would say, I, I, and, and she, if she's listening, she probably doesn't want me quoting her, but, 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 but one of the things that many people struggle with is a fear of not being uh, included or in, and, and thus walk in rejection, yeah. issues of rejection. Mm-hmm. And so, um, People do express themselves in how they wear their hair, but they but it's dangerous to do it uh, so someone else will exactly. invite me in. Because you're not being true to you at right. that point. Right. You're doing your hair just so that you can appease others. Mm. So you're putting your acceptance, you're trying to get credit from the wrong person mm. when you already got the credit from God. Mm. If he's telling you that if you get this feeling and that's how you want your hair to look and you feel beautiful that way, then you're beautiful that way. Go out into the world and be beautiful that way. that way. Don't go out into the world and then when they start, I don't like that. You don't like that because they don't like that. That's okay. You don't have to like it. You didn't wear it today. I did. That's all right. So it really is just, um, it's very true that, you know, people, that's what happens when they start to look at it and say, well, I don't care what people think. That's where that comes from. Yeah, you don't care what people think and you shouldn't care to make them change you, but you have to care about how you represent yourself because I'm a walking billboard for myself. And whatever it is that I am promoting, whatever it is that I want to do, my purpose, I'm an example of that, and people are going to see me for that first before they hear me. One of the things that strikes me, we need to take a break here in just a second, but one of the things that strikes me about what you're saying 
is that you're really interested in helping others uh, come to the same place. Right. That your focus Absolutely. on who God has made you is now going to be something that you want to help to help other people uh, come to the same position. It is. And there I was, um, I'm sorry about that noise there. I was looking at uh, just a couple different scriptures as I was going through here. One of the things is just, you know, um, one of the sayings that we used to say in our business and sales, and I worked in sales and marketing for uh, quite a bit, and, you know, they would say ignorance on um, fire is better than knowledge on ice. Mm. If I know these things and I have all of this insight and have all this knowledge, knowledge and resources, but I don't share it, I don't give it, I, what good is it? What good am I? to others, but what good am I to myself to just have all of this and hoard it inside of myself? Sure, sure. I believe that revelation is the greatest gift God gives to us. We cannot even know Christ without revelation. We cannot understand uh, except God tell us with knowledge. Uh, he, uh, Hosea 4 and 6 said the people don't destroy it because they don't have money or how they wear their hair. The people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. And so we need God to speak to us. It's valuable, and he's speaking clearly speaking to you. How how is rebundle? So how are you implementing rebundle in a way to 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 help uh, people get to where you are? So um, a couple ways that we're uh, through the rebundle program is by outside of uh, allowing or helping women to prepare uh, on the outside appearance, connecting them to the professionals, the beauticians, the nail techs. Um, but also giving them the tools to be able to do it for themselves. So a lot of times I do my, my own self-care. I do my own nails. I'll give my own self uh, a pedicure. You know, I do my own makeup. I learn these things for myself because you can't always look to go spin, spin, spin. You know, you don't always have to do that. So by providing them with the knowledge and tools and resources, giving them a little small makeup kit and teaching them how to apply that so that whatever imperfections you feel you may have, now you know how to cover it up. Now you know how to enhance it so that you can feel better about yourself. Because most people just don't do it because they don't know how. Mm -hmm. And most people are wanting you to pay to teach you how. So you don't have to. If I can give you this information, give you this resources, then then I can send you off and allow you to take that and blossom with that. So by doing those uh, workshops, one-on-one um, -on -one meetings, mentoring with the young ladies and the women, really just figuring out what it is that you want to do and where you are and what we got to do to get you to where you want to be. I'm going to have to... Uh Find out how to get one of those makeup kits. I need a lot of help. <laughs> You're listening to Warp and Move Radio, Radio Next TV at the Cool Groove site. We're going to take a one song break. Back, Warp and Move Radio, Radio Next TV at the Cool Groove site. Here with uh, my brother, Dr. Clyde Posley, and my twin, H.B. Bell. Uh, we have uh, a great guest in the studio with us today, Shakita Schacht, Shakita Taylor. We're really grateful that you're uh, with us here today. Thank you again. Thank you. Uh, we're Such an honor. fascinating discussion here, even during the break. And So we were uh, having this great discussion during the break, and you were pontificating on 1 Corinthians 13 and then telling us a story about going to the mountain with women. We would, we just want you to share that Absolutely. again because it was so great. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was really preparing myself for this uh, interview today and um, you know especially with all that I have going on but I was really really just thinking of how do I uh, deliver this message and um, the scripture came to me uh, the first Corinthians 13 
I may speak in different languages, whether human or even of angels, but if I don't have love, I am only a noisy bell or a ringing cymbal. I may have the gift of prophecy, I may understand all secrets and know everything there is to know, and I may have faith so great that I can move mountains, but even with all this, if I don't have love, I am nothing. And the story I was sharing was uh, 2015 uh, in March. And I went to a health conference with a group of amazing ladies. And um, I had the opportunity to go up with one of the women. And we went up on the uh, Stone Mountain. We hiked up there and we just had a meditation moment and a discussion about, you know, what is it that we feel basically that we need um, just as a people, what do we need? What is it that we're lacking? It's like, it's love. It goes right back to this scripture. We don't love the way that we should love one another. And because of that, we don't look to each other with a helping hand, with a giving heart. We're looking at what they lack and looking at it as an opportunity for us to gain. So it's that love of money, the love of gain, the love of material Instead of the love of my brother, the love of my sister, the love of humanity, the love for myself, because that goes all back to yourself. If I'm so full of love with myself, I have nothing to give but love. But if I love material things, money, and everything else that goes along in that boat, then that's what I seek because I need all these outside external material objects to fulfill me and make me feel whole because I'm empty on the inside. That's what it really says. And so we have all become so programmed to love the things and not the person. Your thoughts about vulnerability. You had talked about the connection of uh, we play off other people's vulnerability. Talk to us a little bit about what you said about that. Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, we see people and... We see what they don't have, what they're reaching out for, their, what it is that they're lacking. And instead of, and we look at that as the opportunity to gain on that, to uh, gain a profit off of that weakness. If they're looking for guidance or for information, we see an opportunity to charge them, to give them the same thing that we could give them for free. And it wouldn't thing that we could give them for free. And it wouldn't thing that we could give them for free. And it wouldn't thing that we could give them for free. And it wouldn't thing that we could give them for free. And it wouldn't thing that we could give them for free. And it wouldn't thing that we could give them for free. And it hurt us in any way. But because they don't know it, and I do, I can give it to them and get a profit off of it because I'm in love with the money. Wow. Wow. Not the mission of sharing knowledge, of building up my brother, of edifying you, of helping you, just by giving you that little snippet of knowledge, that little piece of information, I could have changed the whole direction of your life. Mm -hmm. But I stopped that because I wanted one ninety nine, ninety nine. You know, interesting. You make an interesting point, uh, Shakita. Uh, just recently, as we, we know about the horrible shooting in um, in Parkland, Florida. And I noticed that company, uh, a Ohio-based company, made a shield for the backpack. And this shield was priced uh, $40 before the shooting. It's $102 now uh, to fit into the backpacks of, of high school students. And it shields the students from pistol bullets, gun handguns. None of these shootings are 
by and large, the, the, the result of handguns, the results of um, assault weapons. Mm-hmm. There's an example of someone exploiting exactly. a situation for gain uh, that's not basically going to even deal specifically with the problem, mm-hmm. but it's an opportunity, it's opportunity. Uh, to ex- for, for exploitation, the love of money, with, which is uh, the lack of love. Yeah. yeah, it's a great example of what you're saying. Yeah, and it, it just goes back, you know, I've been on both sides you know I'm on the other side but I've been there where I loved all I thought about was money 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 and I chased money and the things I did in my life I was always in a chase always lacking never fulfilled because all I'm looking for is a profit how can I make this money that's it instead of focusing on before I ever thought about how much money I could make when I was 12 and had a dream and had a vision and God put that on my mind of who I wanted to be and I started saying all those things because there was a purpose in that. And all I had to do is love that purpose and fall in love with that process, the process that God is putting me through. And all the money that you want will come and follow that. But because you're focused on the money, you don't get the point. You don't get the purpose of what it is that you're in this position to actually do. So it's bigger. It's bigger than what it seems. And we're just so focused on just that part of the mission, that part of the, that's part of the blessing, Mm -hmm. but you're only focused on a piece of the blessing. A silver follows service. He says, if you seek first in Matthew six, the kingdom of God, he'll add the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Care about people, do kingdom work, which is what you're doing. And then of course, Solomon uh, you know, I'll give you anything God says. And Solomon asked for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. God says, great, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. You can get everything else. Too. You're right. It, we, we need to hear about some of the stories that uh, that you've been invested with. Some of the people whose lives have been changed by this kind of thinking and by your ministry mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. Kind of unpack some of those stories here for us. Um, with the Through the program, we are in the building phase. So I'm connecting with different uh, communities, with different professionals, so that we're able to work together and bring this to life on a, a very, very large scale. Um, but this is, it's part of who I am. Um, I've, I realize that I've always been serving in this purpose, and I didn't really notice it um, in all different areas. And recently, on Facebook, women were reaching out to me and saying how I helped them to see it by me just living in my truth, mm-hmm. by me actually walking on this path and doing it and being able to share with for them to be able to see it and knowing where I came from. It's helped them to believe in it, that to believe in this path, to believe in love again, loving each other without any type of expectation, mm-hmm. giving without needing any return on that. The fact that you received it is a gift for me, that it helped you in some way was a gift. What is your process? Can you talk to us a little bit about step-by-step what you do, what what Rebundle does? Yes. Um, So first we, you know, we reach out to the communities and uh, have meetings to help build self-esteem and build self-confidence. In young ladies? Yes, in young ladies. uh, The age group, at first I was thinking more of 12 to 30, but there is really no age. Hmm. There's really no age because there's women who I've met that were 40 and 50, but they were still stuck at where they were broken. So they never moved past that. They were never ever able to fully blossom because mentally there's still that 20-year-old who's broken and held back by those securities. So I, I did away with the age. 
you know, even the elderly mm. women in the uh, nursing homes and the elder homes, senior places, they have things that they wanted to do. They want to feel beautiful and they deserve to feel that way and accomplish their goals, whatever those goals may be. So, but again, they're stuck at wherever you were broken. That's where you get stuck. And that's where those, and until you face that and you heal those, that damage, you can't move forward. Until I healed where I was broken and filled that with God's love and with the purpose, I couldn't move forward. So we figure out where we statement. are. That's powerful. What we do is figure out where these ladies were are in their path and figure out what they want to do. What if, if you had no opinions placed on you, you had nobody telling you what to do, what is it that you would want to do? What is it that you love? Not what you think you should do. Because I thought I should go to school and get a good job and make a lot of money. <coughs> That's what I thought I should do. But I loved helping people. I love making people feel good and being in the beauty and doing all that. I love that. So when I learn what you love, then I can better help you to become who you need to be. So by doing that, then we'll go into having weekly accountable meetings. And I'm working on the curriculum to actually help you to learn to love yourself. Because you can sell yourself on loving yourself. This is, uh, it's fascinating, you know, I'm listening to you talk about your ministry through helping people and how they look. Reminds me that we've had all different kinds of folks on this program. I mean, from the beginning, we've really focused on Titus Three. Who is doing good around Indianapolis? We've had a guy in here who does fast cars and barbecue. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter to that's me. Cool. Whatever you're doing that's <laughs> ministering to your community doesn't really matter. So to have somebody like yourself come in here and talk about the necessity of <clears throat> the external nature of how you look uh, really reflects how you think you are on the, from the inside. And I really appreciate what you had to say, by the way, about ladies in the nursing homes. So even when uh, people are elderly and perhaps frail, there is still this necessity uh, that people feel to look and be a certain way. I think that's really a, a, yes. an important statement. Absolutely. Um, you know, when the motto is when you feel good, when you feel good, or when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel better, you do better. You go out and you do more. Because if I feel like I'm, when I get my hair done and I have my nails done and I have my new outfit, outfit on, I'm on top of the world. You can't tell me anything. You cannot stop me there. You could, I don't care if you don't like anything I got on. I am in my zone. I'm in love with me at that moment and I'm unstoppable. And Every person knows that feeling. You know, even for guys, when you, you have your suit on, your nice new fitted tailored suit, and you got your fresh haircut and your fresh shave, you feel different. You feel a little bit better. Right or wrong? Absolutely. Okay. Well, so I'm my just bow tie. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a nice bow tie. You feel better. <laughs> so you walk in there with a different confidence about yourself. You know, you go into situations just a little more certain with things. And... And that's what I want to give other women. That's what I learned through my process. Because of this, because I'm so full of God's love, and I understand that this is a temple that he's given me, so I'm going to take care of it and let it shine. I'm going to make sure that I'm clean. I'm going to make sure that I'm proper, you know, and do what I have to do to make sure that I'm my best version of me so I can go out into the world and give the best that I have to give, to do the best job that I can give. 
without expectation of any type of praise, of any type of credit, of any type of material reward, you're going to get the credit and the favor from the one that matters the most. Mm. Wow. I think, I think we've been uh, having a pulpit up in here. What do you think? She came in, she's a ringer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, some of the uh, some of the other questions that I think uh, we had talked about doing uh, on the broadcast uh, have to do with uh, churches and nonprofits in the city, and whether or not they might be involved with your nonprofit at the moment. Um, how do you see yourself expanding this ministry? into church ministries and nonprofits? Um, my vision is to expand in as many churches um, and community centers. Because I, one, in church, um, I grew up in a church. You know, my grandmother, um, queen, and she was truly a queen, and she truly raised us to be queens. But we were very rooted in the church. And from me, my experience through that, that's where you go when you're, you're lost. And you want to be found. And you're trying to find Jesus. You're trying to find God. Um, that's, it's a vital place for this to be at. Because that's where it starts. You may not stay there, but you do go there. Because. Unfortunately, that's, that's the case in, 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 this, in this age range we talked about uh, last week uh, with apologetics. Many young people go to college and raised in church and I believe in church. We hope that's not the case, but that's a reality we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. yeah. And from that, and for a while, I did leave the church because it is that, it was that, I don't want to say it is, but it was at my point of view for, or my perspective was, you have to be this way, you have to do these things in order for you to fit, the to fit what it is to be a church member or to be a Christian. To be this, you have to do these certain things. And, and that's not necessarily the case. There's laws and principles that you follow, but you don't have to be a certain thing. And my experience back, because I have gotten back into visiting different churches and connecting with different church members, I feel like when you, the church starts with you. Mm -hmm. You got to first be, you, you got to be that temple. Mm -hmm. The gospel is the word. Mm -hmm. So it starts with you. The church is your connection to that community of the like minds. Mm -hmm. We're going to a common place of worship where everyone has the same same mindset. It, we're on the same page. So it's going to amplify the message. It's going to make that hold stronger. It's going to bring unite. That's where the church is to unite, to help those that are looking. Um, at one of our meetings through the collaborate, we did at the Hope Center, and, and that's one of the places that I was super-duper excited about um, connecting and partnering with. What The Rebundle, what I love is, is designed to partner with different programs. It's not designed to just be in alone, because one of the requirements is that you either referred uh, through some type of community service or a network member that you're a part of. So you have to be a part of some type of program or it, doing something in the community, whether it's church and you're just going there, whatever it is, you have to be connected, and it's meant that way. But in that, it says wise people surround themselves with wise counsel. Mm -hmm. So that's when you go. That's when I go to church. I'm not looking to be accepted by the church member. I'm looking to for that counseling. I'm looking for the word of God and what is that for that message that I'm supposed to receive from there so I can go then back out into the world and do my work. Tell us, uh, tell the audience a little bit about 
your connection to the Hope Center and why you were excited about that and specifically uh, that particular, the, what you bring to the table in terms of helping young women uh, look better and so on physically. Talk about that connection. Well, with the Hope Center, um, they are building a beauty salon in there, which is amazing. I mean, the Hope Center is amazing in itself. Um, but that they're building this particular boutique, and so when we first initially, I first initially came here uh, with the Rebundle program and what it was, my mission that I wanted to do, that was one of the first ones that they, and she was like, that would be great for the Hope Center. Um, what we would bring to that is the beauticians, is giving them the knowledge, the skills to go and be able to self-care to be able to do your own hair, learn how to do those things and have those skills so that you can then share that, uh, you can uh, benefit from it. So that's really what um, I hope to get out of that is to just be able to help as many people because from the Hope Center itself, it's taking people from such a dark and negative place and giving them a second chance, a, a renewal of themselves to discover who they are, not who their past told them they were not those it's not you're not that and so the beauty is so essential to that because you want to feel pretty you and you want to look in the mirror and look at a beautiful person back mm -hmm. you know i put beyonce up on one of my goal boards not that i want to be beyonce but i love how she carries herself i love that mm -hmm. she cares uh, her about her beautiful hair and that she has her you know she dresses a certain way and loves her body and love her image. So it makes me want to be a better woman mm. and not to be that woman, but to be just my better version. Mm. So you're actually accenting the image of God within you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. This is uh, fascinating. You know, I, I kind of feel like uh, we're just kind of belong for the ride here. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. That's uh, okay. Yeah, this is, uh, this is fascinating stuff. When we talk about this, I wanted to come back to the, to the church and the necessity of seeing this intersect between internal and, and, and external. And we've got a couple minutes for this, so I wanted you to kind of uh, talk again for the audience's sake to see how the two of these come together. Why is it so important that the external display what's going on inside of you? That's a good question. Um, I think that the best way I can answer that is it's the revelation of of God's love. It's, it really is um, when you carry your when you have when you're full of purpose, uh, the light, God's love, whatever term you want to put on that. When you're full of that, you just hold yourself to a different standard. There's just certain things that you you're gonna do. There's just there's just certain things that I'm not gonna do. There, I'm not gonna go outside a certain way, not because I care about what other people think, but I love my God and I want to be a great example of Him. So when people look at me and they're like, "What is going on? Like, what? how is she doing that?" It gives me an opportunity to let them know, to bring them to God's love, to tell them about God's love. It it creates that curiosity. For me to open and have that conversation. Mm. Because what you may think is going on, it could blow your mind when I really tell you mm. what's going on. Mm. It could really, really, that can be what shifts you into your your purpose. Mm -hmm. So your external person is literally the billboard for what's going on inside of you. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. 
What do you think about this, uh, Doctor? You know, Second Corinthians chapter four, Paul tells the 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 church there that in Corinth that we have these treasures in earthen vessels, mm-hmm. uh, that the excellency may be of God and not of man, and we and so God puts treasures down in broken people. So that when the glory of who he has made them on the inside shines through, people are in awe of his work Amen. with that vessel. We have to, and we have, and we have to let it out. We have to let it out. A pop can is just a container, but it's what's in that can that we bought the yes. can. We, we're willing to, we're willing to, you know, yes. purchase for. It. And so we have to. And then, and then lastly, I just want to say, you know, all of what we're talking about has to do with, you can tell a tree by the fruit it bears. God tells us, God tells us, uh, our Christianity, you know, there's a, not to get the, uh, far away from what you were, you're saying, but there's, there's, there, there are sects of Christianity that tell us that the greatest expression of our salvation is speaking in tongues, things like that. But the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, temperance, meekness, gentleness, long-suffering, mm-hmm. things of that order, things of, things of that nature. That you sh- you're supposed to walk up to a tree, and what has grown from the tree should tell you the quality of the inside of that tree. Yes. Jesus said in the 7th chapter of Matthew, you shall know them <coughs> by their fruit. Mm-hmm. So we have to, we, so the only way, pe- only way people really know that Jesus Christ is a part of our lives is by what comes out of our mouths. Yes. How we treat people, mm-hmm. whether or not we deal with the 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 indigent, the poor, the hurting, and uh, and then the, have also us having the wisdom to seek to understand more than to be understood. Yes. We walk up on situations, and many times we want people to hear us. Mm-hmm. Wise people, godly people, want to hear mm-hmm. the condition. Yeah, yeah. Listen first. Right. Yeah. Slow important. to speak. Yeah, Quick to that, hear. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. If you had 30 seconds to tell everybody around us here today what you wanted to leave them with today, you got 30 seconds. Tell us what you want to leave your, our audience with. What I would leave the audience with, what I want everyone to grasp is love yourself. When you begin to love yourself and really invest in yourself and invest in loving yourself, every door opens from there. You are open to be a giver. You are open to be a light, a guidance for others. So when people say they want to change the world, when I decided I wanted to change the world, I first had to understand that I needed to change myself first. And I had to do that by learning how to properly love myself through God's love. So being connected to your self-love is being connected to God's love. There you go. Love others as you have been loved. That's an important, powerful testimony.